Greetings, and welcome back to the Highest Court Report podcast. As always, I'm your host, Connor, and thank you for joining me. The First Amendment is a constant cudgel of sorts utilized by political actors to excuse behavior that is, let's say, less than cool. We're going to take a look at a recent case evincing this to a T. Now, this is episode 11, Cheerleading right? In the case of Mahoney Area School District v. BL, which the Supreme Court heard on May 5th, is a somewhat tough case. And it's not tough because it presents the kind of politically toxic questions that often cause the justices to retreat into their respective partisan corners. Now, Members of the court from across the political spectrum spent all day, essentially, May 5th, struggling to determine when a school district should be allowed to discipline students for speech that they engage in when they are not at school or engage in any kind of school-sponsored activity. The question has become all the more difficult now that the internet allows a student to post content over the weekend to, for instance, social media, and that can be read by all of their classmates on Monday. Now, before I continue, it should be noted that uh, there will be some uh, some language that is not what would be considered polite uh, oftentimes. So anyway, we're going to continue here. Now, the specific issue in the case of BL is fairly minor. In May 2017, Brandy Levy was a high school sophomore who tried out for her school's varsity cheerleading squad and sadly didn't make the team, though she was offered a slot on the JV squad. Shortly thereafter, she posted an image of herself and a friend holding up their middle fingers to Snapchat, the app, (laughs) with the caption, quote, fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything. End quote. As punishment for this message, the school's cheerleading coaches suspended her from cheerleading for a year. The reason why this somewhat petty dispute reached the Supreme Court is that it is not at all clear whether and when the First Amendment permits schools to sanction students for off-campus speech. In the case uh, Tinker v. Des Moines Independent Community School District from 1969, the Supreme Court held that public school students do not, quote, shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate, end quote. However, Tinker also held that student free speech rights are diminished within the school context. A public school may punish its students for speech that, quote, 
would materially and substantially disrupt the work and discipline of the school. Thus, students historically enjoyed full First Amendment rights when they were away from school, and somewhat reduced rights in the school context. As Lisa Blatt, the lawyer who is representing the Mahoney Area School District, conceded to Justice Sonia Sotomayor on the May of the 5th, a school could not punish a student for, quote, cursing at home, end quote, or for cursing in her conversation as she walks to school. Now, social media blurs this line uh, between on-campus and off-campus speech because it allows speech that was written off-campus but could still be highly disruptive to be seen by nearly everyone in the school community. This includes not just a venting would-be cheerleader like Levy, but a student who posts the threat to kill the teacher online or a group of students who engage in a relentless cyberbullying campaign against one of their classmates. Or, frankly, to take a more basic case that could have arisen even before the internet. Sotomayor expressed concern about a student who, on her way to school every day, is confronted by a group of classmates who tell her, quote, you're so ugly, why are you even alive? End quote. Yet, while the court agreed to hear the BL case to bring some clarity to when schools should and should not be able to regulate off-campus speech, the justices on May 5th appeared overwhelmed by the magnitude of this question. Several of them spent the oral arguments feeling around for off-ramps, looking for narrow ways to resolve this particular case, at least, without having to come up with a single unifying legal rule or precedence governing off-campus speech. Now, it's a bit difficult to come up with a sort of one-size-fits-all rule for off-campus speech, as far as jurisprudential precedents set. Some lower courts have tried to come up with a single rule that governs when off-campus speech should be subject to diminished First Amendment protection under Tinker. But there's no consensus among these courts or their rulings. The United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, for example, has held that Tinker applies if there is a, quote, reasonable foreseeable risk that the speech would come to the attention of the school authorities, end quote. While the Fourth Circuit held that Tinker applies if there is a sufficient, quote unquote, nexus between the student's speech and the school's pedagogical interests. And... At various points in Mayfit's oral argument, members of the Supreme Court seemed to float ideas for their own tests. Justice Atlanta Kagan, for example, suggested that Tinker was really all about what's necessary for a school's learning environment. 
and so off-campus speech that causes fundamental problems, which disrupt that environment, might be subject to discipline by school officials. On the other hand, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, the replacement for Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, meanwhile, seemed to float an alternative test. Now, what is speech, and what could it be to arise within the school environment when the student is relating to the school in the student's capacity as a student, whatever that means? The Roberts Court has been a quite a large fan of tests, but the problem with many of these tests is that they are somewhat vague. What on earth is nexus between student speech and a school's pedagogical interests? Others seem to give extraordinary power to a student's or school's official. Should a student really be sanctioned for every curse word that they post on social media just because they could reasonably foresee that these posts being read by their school's principal, for instance? And still, others don't really seem to solve every problem raised by off-campus speech. It's not clear, for example, how a student acts in their capacity as a student when they bully a classmate. Indeed, the task of coming up with a single test to govern when Tinker applies to off-campus speech proved so daunting that several justices questioned whether it was even worth trying. Quote, as far as I can see, I can't write a treatise on the First Amendment in this case, end quote. A frustrated, or seemingly frustrated, Justice Stephen Breyer admitted at one point. Quote, I strongly share Justice Breyer's instincts, Justice Brett Kavanaugh agreed, adding that the court can't foresee all the things that could arise if the court attempts to write a single universal rule. He suggested resolving the case by simply saying that the First Amendment does not categorically prohibit public schools from disciplining students for speech that occurs off campus, and then sending the case back down to lower courts in the appeal process with maybe a few more vague instructions. Now, several of the justices spent these oral arguments uh, looking for what would be considered an off-ramp, so to speak, that would allow them to decide the case without having to get into some of the larger questions about bullying or harassment or student threats. One possible off-ramp, as they are called, would be to hold that even if Tinker does apply to off-campus speech, Levy's Snapchat post was so unlikely to disrupt school operations that it was protected speech, even under Tinker. Indeed, several justices appeared to be a bit concerned that the school overacted with 
somewhat suspension uh, from her JV team. Justice Kavanaugh, who, to be clear, has a side gig coaching high school girls basketball, described the decision to suspend Levy as, quote, a bit of an overreaction by the coach. Now, they were attempting to blow off steam, according to the Supreme Court Justice. However, Kavanaugh noted that billions of other kids, when they are disappointed about being cut off from the high school team, have to deal with it. Justice Barrett suggested that maybe the whole matter should have been dealt with through quote-unquote soft discipline, such as pulling Levy aside, explaining why her Snapchat post was unacceptable, and leaving it at that. Now, an alternative approach would have been to give schools fairly broad leeway to regulate speech by student-athletes or other people engaged in extracurricular activity so long as the rules are adequately conveyed to students in advance and that the students don't face sanctions beyond their ability to participate in extracurricular programs. Quote, Why doesn't it make a difference that the speech here was in the context of an extracurricular activity and that the standards there may be different from, higher than, what may be required of all students in the school environment, end quote. This was from Justice Neil Gorsuch, and this was asked by Levy's lawyer, David Cole, at one point. Now, in any event, the BL argument was a confusing muddle of sorts, just like the mess of lower court cases that have dealt with similar questions about when Tinker should apply off campus. And anyone who was hoping that the court would articulate one grand rule, so to speak, and if that one rule could apply to every future case is likely to be disappointed. That's not a bad thing. As it should be clear by now, these cases are hard and difficult, and they do not offer a one-size-fits-all solution. In the shades of gray, we live as we are, not as we hope to be. Thank you again for joining me today. This has been the Highest Court Report, signing off.